Hey everybody, I just want to take a moment and let you know about the success that I've found with Anchor. It was so easy for me to make a podcast because everything I needed was in one place. I don't have to have a minimum amount of downloads or subscribers to monetize the creative work that I'm doing. It makes sharing my cause, my message, really easy. And that's what's most important to me. So if you have a message, if you have a business that you want to get out there and make the podcast listening community aware of, then download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. I'm glad I did, and I recommend you do the same. Hello, everyone. This is Matt Hoffman, and you found the Weedworks podcast, where we talk about everything working in the cannabis industry. Thanks for tuning in, and make sure you subscribe to stay up to date with all the new episodes that will be coming out wherever you get your podcasts. And the great thing about subscribing is you can listen where you are when you want. Okay, so today's episode is a call with Dan, who, in my opinion, is a very experienced grower who worked at a facility in Michigan and is looking to find another job. So he wanted some help with his resume. So he called our resume help hotline, which is 616-206-3240. And if you have any questions, thoughts, concerns, big or small, there are no stupid, stupid questions. The only stupid question is the one you don't ask. So let's dive in. We're going to cut to... The beginning conversation with Dan and then we're going to walk through his background his experience what he's looking for in a new job what type of position what salary range and just kind of have a really a feeling out of Dan and his experience and his his skill level I was pleasantly surprised and I think you will be too and it should shed some light on someone who has a superior skill set in cannabis Sounds like. Here we go. Hello? Hey, Dan. It's Matt Hoffman. How you doing? Hey, how you doing, Matt? Oh, you know, it's another day at the office for us. Just uh, just trying to get stuff done with this inconvenienced coronavirus thing. So, yeah. Well, one, I want to thank you for, uh, for participating in the podcast. There's things that we'll talk about. You know, a lot of people just don't know about the ins and outs of the cannabis industry or what it's like to be an experienced person. And, and worked at a facility, so thanks for participating. Really appreciate that. And well, yeah, uh, thanks. yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, happy to. So, um, to dive in, give me a little bit of background. What did you do before? How did you get into? How did you get into the industry? Um, well, I've uh, kind of been in agriculture, you know, since uh, since I was a kid. Really, my my dad had a nursery. Over 
Well, yeah, that's a good place to be. I mean, most people don't even get as far as your first step, so that's that's admirable. <laughs> nice job. <laughs> uh, yeah, so are you a soil guy, hydroponic, cocoa? What's your thing? Um, I try to stay pretty 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 well versed in everything, but preferably, you know, cocoa on my indoor and greenhouse gardens. Yeah. And um, you know, anything in my outdoor experience I prefer to go like full organic and you know, be symbiotic with what we're working with and um you know, I'm able to pivot either way but but pr- predominantly, most of my production happens in hydroponically with cocoa. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you're you're talking to some people that uh, drank the cocoa Kool Aid a long time ago. We were pretty devout with cocoa production, just because it's the best of both worlds. You get the stability and the forgivingness as far as buffering, like you do in soil, but you get the speed uh, with cocoa. I mean, it always trips me out when guys veg for three months and they got these. 15 gallon containers it's like dude i'd already harvest that like what are you doing but, yeah what are you yeah what are you doing <laughs> yeah. like like i vegged it for for 90 days like it's gonna crush it i'm like no it's not like no, what are you man, doing you passed, like yeah you missed like you missed all kinds of stride and, like there's like, <laughs> that plan as far as in terms of vigor and like maintaining that vigor and like, i'd prefer to Sounds like you, you know, on the same programs, I prefer to flip, flip, you know, as as early as I have a str- you know, a structural ground set for what I'm looking yeah. for. And as far as training and, you know, the amount of tops and heads that I have formed and canopy density and those right. kind of things. But there's, you know, there's no, no, advert, no, no crazy benefit to, to doing the massive stretched out veg thing. Right. You know, unless, unless it's just a, absolute plant count limitation and then uh, you know that's yeah you can you can do a lot what you can do a lot with what we're what we've been allowed to do exactly even by not maxing it out to 15 and 20 gallon containers you know like you know i can i can veg a really nice plant and a three gallon, a five gallon, and finish it yeah finish it in a five gallon or maybe a seven if if we're so inclined but exactly. yeah, and and we would we would average anywhere between twelve ounces to fifteen ounces per plant, and that was usually maybe a four to five week veg, sometimes a three week depending on the strain. But you know, we just just get them up, and there's there's so much that can be done if somebody has the skill, and that's what I'm really curious about. And you're hitting on a lot of things that I don't know if people are familiar with, and they should be, but a grower worth their salt is going to know how to take a plant, slam it through veg, manipulate it through the limited stress technique or the light stress technique and, and fim it and super crop it and really start to trellis it out, weave it through some, some lacrosse nets or something or even tomato cages. You know, there's a thousand different ways to skin a cat, but it's really just about developing that canopy space and it, Again, it trips me out. I look at people's photos, and they've got all this, we just call it poop shit, just all that little airy, spindly bud underneath the canopy where there's no light penetration, and the plant's using all this energy to, to, to try to develop these little tiny, uh, tiny buds. And it's just like, it's clear to look at some pictures of someone's garden where the skill level is. 
just based on the inputs by a human being that either knows what they're doing or doesn't. So it's always re it's always uh, refreshing to talk to somebody that that's familiar with those techniques and because it's it's really <clears throat> cannabis is about maximize maximizing the output, minimizing the amount of physical work, and getting that yield per plant up as much as possible and getting that cycle time as fast as possible. And uh, that seems to be a sticking point. So when you were growing, are you, are you still, well, I can cut this out. So <laughs> if you don't want to, if you don't want that on, on air, um, are you still growing? Um, and if not, then when you were growing, what were your cycle times? Were you harvesting every week, every two weeks, every month? what you're talking about I'm glad that you hit on that I mean <laughs> yeah I mean thinking about our operation and at different points in the plant's life it it would do better under a different set of circumstances environmentally be it uh, be it the photo period be it the temperatures be it the, the the bulb temperature whether it's more blue or more red I mean so yeah I mean that's that, again, that's really refreshing to hear because a lot of people don't, either they're not aware that there's that level of nuance and sophistication and thought that goes into these operations, um, or people just haven't gotten that far up the ladder. And, yeah, so good on you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it comes with experience. You recognize that, and, you know, you, you, you and either, I, I, I feel a lot of, a lot of growers hold themselves back when they're not being honest with themselves about what yeah. they see and not holding themselves accountable to, to why they're seeing that right. or, or to not recording it or to not recognizing yeah. the pattern, you know, I, yeah. and that's something that I generally try to help people with, um, you know, anytime I can, you, you try to, try to show them that, you know, that these, these are each one of these little tiny things that you and I recognize, they, they, they compound on what the end result can can and will be. Yeah. And, al and alternatively, each time you don't hit those those windows for you know those optimization windows. Yeah. You know you're you're all, you're you're alternatively missing out on on what what the potential could could have had been. Absolutely. You know, you know, there's an opportunity cost that's associated with that. Yeah, and that and and maybe maybe to the the, the layperson maybe it's just some people that being picky or kind of being assholes about stuff but no this is a what you're describing is a long established pattern say with aviation for example 
airplane wings don't just fall off an airplane and it plummets from the sky into the ground. That's not how crashes happen. It happens when there's a, a small error that compounds into the next error and then six small mistakes later and an Airbus runs off the runway, misses the runway in Guam and 700 people die. And it, it wasn't a, it, you know, it wasn't the pilot had a heart attack and just keeled over. It was one little thing, one little thing. And when we look at cannabis operations, they are ferociously competitive and they are unforgiving, mostly because there's not a lot of protections that traditional industries have. But um, it, it boils down to the end of the day of what is the cost of goods grown? How cheap can you grow that gram? And then how, what's the profit margin you can sell it? And for, for an operation that isn't running efficiently and is missing some of those things that, that we were just discussing, that can make the difference between an investable operation and a non-investable operation or uh, upscaling or, or making any sort of maneuvers. It, so it, it, operational expertise and people, a, a well-seasoned captain at the helm makes such a significant difference in these operations. And I think that you really hit something on the head when you said, yeah, I'm never going to stop. <laughs> you know, we, uh, we share a similar disposition, um, but it's something where with, with someone like you and just, just a brief conversation like this um, tells me a lot. It tells you a lot about me. And I think you're in, in the right frame of mind where you say, yeah, you know, I'm going to find something that fits for me as far as benefits or equity or wages or other sort of benefits that, that come along with it and as far as a cultural fit. So what talk to me about that. Like you've been doing this a long time. It seems like you have a superior skill set. You, your your resume is the best resume that's come across our, our desk to date. So we'll talk about that in a minute. We've got just a couple little notes, but they're <laughs> they're not they're not many. So it seems like you like you got a lot going on. So, what are you looking for, you know, in an operation um, that would make you come on board? Um, I'm looking for, re, uh, I guess, let's say, solid culture. Um, people that people that recognize the value of this plant outside of like a monetary, outside of just a monetary basis. Yeah. Um, you know, then at the same time. You know, there needs to be a, a, a culture established, you know, with a business mind present as well. You know, so it it's kind of has to be a, a really good balance in that department. Um, I think that uh, I think that the availability to resources um, in terms of uh, you know technology and you know capital skips scalability. Um, and the, you know the the ability to work openly with other professionals yeah. that, are, that are that are on board is, is going to be um, you know really really it's like a it's one on my list you know I think finding somewhere that that is just trying trying to do this the right way and um, you know it's kind of hard but there there I have hope to find a good fit and. Um, you know, I, I, I just, I want to find somewhere that has, that's doing this, you know, bigger, bigger than what I can do. And we can work to get symbiotically to get, to, to get, to, to get bigger and produce quality product. 
Yeah. I guess I guess the availability of resources and people that I can that I can work with. Yeah. Um, whether it's whether it's um, horticulturists, whether it's doctorates, you know, however, like, however we yeah. are, I always want to advance this and take this to where I know that I can't do it myself. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, you're preaching to the choir on that one. I mean, the happiest day for us is when we can bring on a staff and I can start taking off the six dozen hats that I was wearing and it, my partner was wearing and it was just like, oh my God, this is so much. And it's so nice to be able to just go and talk to a colleague and just say, hey, what do you think about this? Or um, I'm stumped. What, what ideas do you have? Instead of having to try to figure everything out yourself. That's been one of the things that's been most exciting about the medical and recreational and the legalization effort is that you know we get to come out of the woods a little bit and start to interface with the community about our professions, which is really exciting. So I'm picking up what you're laying down as far as a cultural fit. Um, are you are you stuck on a roll? Do you need to be a master grower, which is a loose oh. term? I mean, no, what I'm are you aiming for? I'm not, I'm, I'm not stuck on a roll. I'm looking. I'm looking just to make a transition and. Yeah. Um, start to you know continue to build that resume. You know I don't have a, a ton of corporate scale. I, I would, what I would consider corporate scale experience. Yeah. And that's look that's something that I'm looking to gain. Um, and it would be nice to to expand in some role in cultivation. Um, I, I feel like my management skills are are pretty strong, and I've already been been doing that kind. Of, you know, been doing a lot of management. Yeah. For, for for the for the majority of my career, but I'm not I'm not married to one particular role, and I'm definitely open to I'm open to learning. You know, I'd like to continue to learn, and that's 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 definitely not not a, not something that I'm locked into a particular role. Okay, so I mean that's that's good to hear. Um, I'm so stoked that you're not an egomaniac. <laughs> I mean, you've um, you've met him. I'm, I I've, I'm just, yeah. I'm just, Yeah. You know, and there's plenty of plenty of people out there that know a lot more about the you know certain things. They might not have the experience that I have with this yeah. particular crop, but there's a lot that can be learned, and that's kind of what I'm looking forward to in this next step is being able to work somewhere where we can we can work symbiotically and we can put my experience, you know, hands-on experience with someone's you know someone's someone's botany experience, someone's horticultural experience, so, yeah. um, you know, on, on scale, and we can work together. So, so are you looking, like, a couple times a month I get a call from someone that I know and I trust and I do business with, and they say, hey, Matt, do you know a guy that does X, Y, and Z? And I say, yeah, let me text you their contact. But, I, but every once in a while, I get a call from someone who is an investor, and they want to get into the space. And then... I do my best to scare the crap out of them so that way they walk into this with eyes open. Um, so thinking about you, is is your target to come into a startup or an existing corporation, you know, like some of the larger scale operators, 
and then what's your what's your comfort level with plant count? Five hundred thousand, three thousand, nine thousand. I think as far as the plant count goes, that's definitely that's going to directly correlate to the team that I have to work with. Yeah, you know? for sure. And um, and I, and, the, and the particular environment too, how how and the calendar. Um, but I've worked. Um, excuse me. I've worked in gardens anywhere. You know, between caregiver gardens up to I worked on a stacked class C, a seven seven class C, ten thousand plant garden. Yep. In, in the spring, and I didn't feel like I was out of my league um, as far as maintaining and doing what I was doing is through propagation scale and genetic selection and getting getting things started and organized for for, for that particular for that particular garden. Yeah. No, that leads into my next question: is talk to me about your previous role. I I don't need to know their name. Um, at least not on camera, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, talk to me about that role. Like, what was your direct experience at working at a licensed facility? Um, I was, I was just, a, I was a consultant. I wasn't, I wasn't. That was one of my next questions. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, was, I was working as a consultant. Um, I was offered an employment contract. It just the terms, the terms, and, and the resources available didn't seem, it didn't seem to add up. So, so that that begs the next question: Is what were the terms? Did they offer you forty five grand and and two no, weeks no, vacation? Actually, no, actually, it was a compensation package with, uh, that we negotiated was was relative, was was solid, mm. um, but but a lot of it was on stock. You know, it was based on equity, you know like gotcha. back back end plays and stock, and just based on the decisions that I was seeing being made in front of me while I was being paid as a consultant. I didn't know that they had the ability to come through or perform on what they were saying they were, you're going to, you know, and oh. I just felt like, I felt like, uh, it wasn't, it wasn't, I felt like I was going to get hung out to dry. So, and, and a couple of terms of the contract and there was just too many, there was, it wasn't, too many it wasn't, uh, contingents or stipulations. Yeah. Too many, too many, I, yeah, there was just too much language in there that would have excused a lot of, you know. I, I don't think I ever would have gotten paid what they only they were going to pay me. No. Just, just, yeah. just put it to that. Yeah, so, and, and on that note, you know, when I got into this, and, and we got in, in in 2009, and caregiver model, and ended up owning a dispensary. I mean, we were the worst growers for forever. Right. Right? We were terrible. <laughs> so we went through that, you know, over time and, and really through consistency. There's no magic bullet. We were just very consistent and we applied the scientific method and we approved. And I annoyed the crap out of anybody that knew anything about it and I just attached myself to them <laughs> and they just had to tell me the answers to get me to go away. So that's that was sort of our process. But I was told very early on that if a caregiver doesn't make a hundred grand a year, then they should quit and go and work at go and work at uh, some actuary or go and be a lawyer or something. And I found that to be I found that to be pretty average. What do you what's your take on a wage for for somebody that's got that skill? Uh, yeah, I feel I feel like that's really you know depending on how long you've been doing this and yeah. how deep your network is. I think that's highly you know highly attainable you yeah. know by by anyone with the with the skill set that's even half rounded, I believe. Yeah, and that's another thing is that 
time doing something doesn't mean jack. I mean, there were guys that by the time that I was in my fourth year, they've been doing it 15 years, and I went, what the hell are you doing? Like, you've been doing this 15 years, and you still haven't figured this out? Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. It's, yeah. It's time is, time's not always an indicator. You yeah. know, because everyone, the, the, the awareness and the consciousness and the amount that someone's putting into that time is not, is not the same. It's never yeah. the same. That and it's not always the best indicator. But, you know, as far as compensation goes, I think, I think a lot of times that's, that's, you know, that is what we've been dealing with in our, in our situation. But I think it's also fair to say that the time that we, you know, that, that we're going to be able to do, continue to do that as caregivers is, yeah. is, is beginning to it's over. get limited. It's, it's over. You know, now. it's limited. Yeah, so. it, yeah. I mean, it's... It, so, so, so to move forward with that kind of rationality yeah um, which you know without considering these other factors that we've already discussed yep is is you know you're ultimately going to get left out of the game you're oh my god you're damn right and it's something (laughs) where you know i i was i was giving that speech in 2017 and saying hey guys we're dinosaurs the meteor's coming like it's it's evolve or die time and it's either get persecuted and prosecuted by the police or get starved out. I mean, look at, and, and I, I, I like Green Peak. I have no issue with them whatsoever. But look at what Green Peak is able to do selling $10.8. eights in California, and Dave Overholt up in Sydney is giving eights away for free. How do you compete with that as a caregiver without scale, without loans, without any of that stuff? So you're, <laughs> you're preaching to the choir again on that one, I, and which is why we pivoted out of uh, out of operations and into doing what we do now because caregivers are our people and I didn't see anybody doing anything to help help caregivers and people like you that have the experience in operations the rubber meaning the road but can also deal with some strategy man you guys are rock stars and caregivers are the people that need to come into the industry to make these these legitimate operations viable and, and, more, and exactly and the purpose is you can't do that there's a there's a big difference between caregivers who have only been that's been their only form of, of work i think those guys are a little bit jaded oh dude for sure and one i think also when you own a businesses outside of cannabis uh, you know as a business owner you can recognize like <laughs> you you understand how expensive employees are, and you can't you can't afford to run a business where everyone is being compensated right. like we've been making in our basements. Like yeah. it's not it's not realistic, and yeah. and you know that. Well, and on that point, like that's just a fact. <laughs> yeah, and but on that point, when hockey and baseball and football sign these players to multi-million dollar deals. They run health, they run statistics, they put them through the combines, they look at their numbers all the way back to high school, and they say, this is the data, we look at it as a whole, and aside from looking at this individual from a a personality and a cultural point of view, this is what the numbers tell us that this individual can do as far as a performance. That's very challenging for caregivers because for, (laughs) for years, we were told, don't put pictures online, don't put stuff on Facebook. Don't tell anybody about what you do. Like, loose lips sink ships. 
zip those lips and throw away the key. So it's very challenging to, as, a, as an outside business owner, to have some guy walk in and say, yo, I'm the man, pay me a hundred grand a year and give me two and a half percent equity, and uh, I'm, I'm the best girl in the world because I said so, and check out my Instagram. <laughs> like, how, yeah. do you, how do you verify that which has been actively hidden and intentionally made unverifiable? And, and that's really where we pivoted in is, you know, we don't know everything by any means, but we know enough to be able to have a conversation with another grower and, and say, yeah, you know, this guy is at this level. He's way above us or he's at our level or he's below. Like, and then be able to have a conversation with our clients and say, hey, I, I talked to Jimmy and, and Jimmy's a guy that can, he can come in and he can clone, but he can't do anything else. So it's just a way of, of trying to come up with solutions where nobody else really is. So you really hit on a core issue for us and, and what it is that we do is, one is, is a, it's a business for us because we were those dinosaur caregivers that, that went, oh my God, this isn't sustainable, we have to do something else, but also as a service that we can provide to, to our community. So yeah, I think that's a, a huge component of it and so far we've seen the full spectrum of people that can come in and they can they can do all the things but they just can't manage people they can't work in a team and we've seen people that can manage manage people but don't know how to grow a damn plant so it's really striking a balance and finding some somebody that has that and then also really the, the best people that we've ever run into are are education minded are teaching minded there are people that are hungry to learn and hungry to share the knowledge i love talking about growing I could talk about this all freaking day <laughs> um, just because there's so many years that we couldn't, you know? It's nice to be able to do to be able to do that, being able to work on a team and that kind of stuff. Before cannabis, I fished professionally. Oh, cool. I, I did a lot of, you know, a lot of tournament fishing, bill fishing. Yeah. And outside of that, you know, you're, you're still maintaining multi-million dollar private yachts. So, you know, I came from a background of meticulous maintenance, you know, with equipments and, and systems. And I came from a background that you need to, you're managing these people that, that maintain these systems or work on these systems. You have a guy that maintains your, your caterpillar. You have, you have 15 different mechanics, you know, for different different systems you have on the dock. And then when you're out fishing, you know, we have potentially four to six anglers, three, three mates, and a captain. The stakes are high. The pressure's there. Mm. And... And if you don't perform, we don't get paid. And, you know, <laughs> you, you sound like a good a good fit for being a cannabis operator. <laughs> I mean, seriously. That's where that's where that was why that was I was at as far as team you know team management and keeping things together in high pressure scenarios. Was, yeah. And then you tie that in with you know maintenance and keeping up with keeping up with things and diverse systems and you know it it's, it, it kind of built a it built a little culture of culture of management. Within, within that whole background, too. I feel like a lot of that experience still comes over with me. I mean, that's, that's the coolest work experience that I've seen so far. I mean, as far as work history. So now that we're talking about work history, I'm going to hand you off to Beth Hoffman. She's my mom. She does the resume side of, of our nonprofit and, and of the podcast. So she can go into a little more technical side of your resume and give you some pointers. And I'm gonna hand you off to her. So, mom, meet Dan. Dan, meet mom. <laughs> Hi, Dan. Uh, hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. But could you please bring up your resume for me? 
Okay. So what you're about to hear is a technical walkthrough from my mom giving guidance to Dan about technical aspects, tweaks, adjustments, styles, formats, fonts, all the things that will make your resume have continuity and pop and really have that professional finish. If at any point this is not interesting to you, listening to her tell him where to put commas and apostrophes and capitalizations, then you can skip forward about 10 minutes from the start of, well, from the end of this. <laughs> so cut cut to 10 minutes if that if that's not interesting to you. It may serve you well if you're in the job market to listen to it. You have options. Just like you do when you subscribe to this podcast, you have options where to listen, how to listen, and when to listen. So make sure you hit that subscribe button. It benefits you because more podcasts are coming with more resources and more interviews. Business note, we are waiting to get our mixers and our upgraded microphones for our studio. It's been delayed because of what's happening with the global pandemic. You'll also be able to experience a higher sound quality as well. Yay! Isn't that neat? Okay, let's get back to work at the Weedworks podcast. It starts with design. You have too many spaces there. You need to take one out. Maybe even two. Okay. Okay, that one's good. Let's go down to third. Now, do you, I guess between Liberty and third, there is maybe three spaces there. Did you want those three spaces or you just want two? I just wanted to push it down so that it didn't start the number three one on, in a, a, like at the bottom of the page where like the title was pushed off onto the second, you know, where the title on the body of the... Don't worry about that. Right now, conformity, bring that up a line. Go two spaces and not three. Okay. Then you're going to go to co-owner slash cultivator. Look up under Liberty Tree where it says owner founder. Yes. And that's different than co-owner cultivator. You need oh. to take those spaces out or put them in. Yeah. Tell me when you're ready. I'm ready. Okay. First line, architects, take the comma out. Under pheno hunting, take the comma out. The third sentence down. Uh, next sentence down under disease, take the comma out. Quick interjection here. If it sounds like she's hammering him, it's because of the way I've edited this podcast. There's no reason to listen to dead air. Uh, so she's not just beating the crap out of him. It's edited this way. So it's a little more rapid fire. But they're, they spend a pretty significant amount of time on the phone just talking to each other. I figured you guys didn't want to listen to dead air. So you're welcome. That's why you should subscribe because I care. <laughs> okay, back to... Back to her comma removal barrage. <laughs> Under GPM, take the comma out. Okay. Now I also wonder, nope, that's not right. That's okay. Now you were saying that you wanted to make sure that L stayed on one page there, that, that particular section. Yes. Is it still on one page? Yes. Okay. Go to your greenhouse in greenhouse one. You need to move that up until it comes to like a header line because you're way okay. down on the page. Okay. Okay. Tell me when you're ready. After uh, first line, potent, take out the comma. Remix. Take out the comma. Take out the comma. Take out the comma. Take out the comma. I think you're going to need to hyphenate set up under your second line after Michigan. Okay. On maintenance, under campy maintenance, take out the comma. 
Go down to the next line after irrigation systems, take out your comma. Next line, mentored, comma. Down after planned, um, increase crop quality, and comma yields take out, after yields take out the comma. Now under the last one, you really see skunk dog. There's a couple things going on here. Take out the comma under TK, put the word and in, and put a period behind skunk dog. We're into education training. Okay. Go back up to the GMO and look at yours. It says cooking is hyphenated because you're doing the block style. Is there that comma? Is there a space where that comma is? That should be after S? I think it's just because of the justification. Okay. All right. Let's go back down to education and training then. When you say self-directed pest management studies, what, what do you mean by self-directed? Did you take a course online or did you read books or what's going uh, yeah, on? Well, a, lot of, uh, a lot of reading on agricultural extension site, reading from self-guided, self-directed learning. Okay. Then put the years in on both of them. Okay. Tell me when you're done. Remember that it's your resume, and if you don't want to put them in there, don't. No, no, or you no, can no, just put behind the word ongoing in your parentheses. Okay. Uh, okay. I, yeah, I feel, I feel like it's a never-ending process. True. Very true. <laughs> That's why I think ongoing may work there, because it's giving them a timeline. Because you're giving them a timeline, a timeline, and now I'm stuck out in limbo someplace, and I don't know what, what direction to go. No problem. Um, awards and qualifications is a different font than your education and training. Oh, wow. Wow. Oh, okay. <laughs> Unless you're trying to make it stand out, then you could leave it a different no. font. No, I wasn't. That's, that's, thank you. <laughs> yep. And your um, awards look good. Let me go back into my notes because I know I'm forgetting something very important and look at them, and then I'll come back to you. It's under greenhouse indoor. That's when we're going to go to. Near the bottom, planned and implemented effective strategies. It says cultivation process, increase crop yields, quality and yield, and enhance overall profitability. You need to put some kind of a qualifier in there. My example was, um, I had put in there, um, example, increase yield by 60% and overall profitability by 30% from the previous year. When you have a resume, yours is two pages long. It's You can't staple them together, but you've got to be able to make sure that they don't lose that resume page. So I suggest putting a header and a footer in. Have you ever put a header and a footer in? And you're going to have to do Are you on a Word document so you can do this? We'll be able to do it, yes. Okay. Tell me when you're ready and we'll get a header and footer put in. If you go up to the top, it'll say uh, file, home, insert, design. Go all the way over to it says, tell me what you want to do, and click on that. I'm on. Okay. I'm on. I, I, think, I think this might be a part of the disconnect with the, with the visibility is that this is, a, this is originally a pages document from my, from my Mac. Okay. Oh, you're on Matt. Do you know how to do that, Matt? Well, yeah, actually, you know what? Okay, Matt's going to take over no, for no, a minute. No, 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 I'm not going to take over. Dan, what we can do is when we're done here, I'll send you a, a message from a different email because I use a Mac as well, and then we can format it and do all the stuff on the Mac, and I can just send you a pages document when we're done. Does that work? Okay. Okay, cool. 
What I suggest then when you do your pages document, no matter what you do, when you put your header in, I had put in Daniel Hall's resume and then for the header. And under the header, then I would make it a light gray and took it, take it over to your right hand margin. Leave it in the, in the font and the size that they do because you want it small. And when you do your page number, in mine, I pick Austin because Austin will do page one, page two, page three, page four. I don't know what the one Matt's gonna send you will do. But then also write justify it and turn the color black. And don't put your name or anything on that. And that will link your two pages together so you'll never have them missed or lost or misplaced at your employer who you want to see them and keep them together. Well, there's a shameless plug to be inserted here. Dan wouldn't have to worry about losing two pages of his resume if he uploaded it to handgrown.jobs. And employers wouldn't have to worry about keeping track of all that messy paperwork if they used handgrown.jobs. Everything is there digitally for employers and job seekers. That way it's a streamlined, efficient online process to hire people and to make the hiring process as easy as possible. So I recommended to Dan that he upload his resume to handgrown.jobs and I'm recommending to you now to upload to handgrown.jobs, create a resume, complete your profile to 100%. It costs nothing and it's the best way to get a job in the cannabis career. Okay, shameless self-promotion over and let's get back to Weedworks podcast. And that's the only thing I had for you. You did great. Well, thank you. Yep, you just need an extra pair of eyes to read over it, which I need all the time, too. So you are set. Thank you. Yes. Thank you so much. Well, I mean, honestly, uh, <laughs> so you guys did that for about 10, 15 minutes. And usually when she does a resume, it goes on for like an hour and a half. <laughs> so... <laughs> yeah uh good job seriously like that was not a heavy lift at all and we're glad <laughs> on our end so do you have any questions or any thoughts concerns anything else that you want to go over do you still need that page of corrections from me or are you okay with it if you wouldn't mind It'll be later tonight. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you so much. I really, really, really appreciate it. Not a problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're happy to do it. I mean, this is why we started the nonprofit. This is why we started the podcast. You're doing a huge favor for everybody else out there that's listening that wants to get help like you did or that needs more help or just get general guidance. But my question for you is, things come across my desk quite a bit for employment. Do you want me to throw your resume around if... If something I think might be might be an option, is it cool to share your contact information? Absolutely. Okay. I would appreciate that. If you think uh, any opportunities you think would be a good fit for my skill set. Yeah, you know, there's there's one there's one guy I've done business with him for a number of years, and um, and I, you know I I have the prerogative at this point where I don't have to work with people I don't like. <laughs> so that's nice. I, I like I like this guy. He's he's definitely got access to capital and he's he's been trying to get us to partner with him in a grow operation, but we just don't 
you know, we've been there and done that, and we're kind of moving on. I, I want to talk to him, and I'll probably continue a conversation with you as well. It would, it would definitely be a startup. I think that you would have a lot of autonomy as far as it, as far as it goes of, like, how you would set a facility up and, and how you would run it. I kind of think that you'd be the, the, the king in the kingdom as far as when it comes to operations. But if that's something you're interested in, I mean, some guys don't want to be involved in startups and do all that stuff. But that's the first thing right off the top of my head is... Yeah, he's he's looking to do a smaller grow, probably you know like a five hundred. And what I was gonna what I was gonna talk to him about because I I I, bet I we've told more people no than I can keep keep track of, and I'm not I'm not trying to brag, but the answer has always been no. But I've been thinking about it the last few days, and one of the things that the industry is lacking now is a, a, an actual practical training facility where people can come in and actually just work in a garden and, and call it training because that's basically what it is. You know, we come from teaching and education. That's our that's our background. And I thought it might be something neat to maybe do some sort of an education parlay between operations and actually having like a, basically a curriculum in a classroom setting. Because the truth is, this is what I think, in that a 500-plant grow, as the market develops, it's just going to get swallowed up. You know, it's not big enough to really be that attractive to acquire. It's not big enough to really leverage their costs down like some of the larger operators or mid-tier operators can. Um, so it's what can, what can these smaller-scale operations do, aside from strain specialization, what can they do to... You know, to stay in business and and find diverse revenue streams. And I thought maybe you know maybe that's something that we kick around. But I'm just rambling here, so. <laughs> uh, I'm following you. I'm following you as a, yeah. as a campus, an, an entry campus. Yeah. And that seems to be that seems to be a, a huge barrier for a lot of people. And, yeah. Um, I mean, even some, even if someone like myself, who's who's got a deep resume, my experience is, is deep. Yeah. Yeah, and then it just becomes a matter of time. Like, you know, Gordon Ramsay started out as a dishwasher or whatever in France. I mean, it just takes time in the water. And, and really, I think the thing that set us apart from everyone else is that we were trained. You know, we, we found an authority that was credible that, that could, I could say, well, why is this this? And he could tell me the science behind it. And, and it was a group of people. It was actually uh, John Relack over at Horizon Hydroponics. That man is a fantastic educator. I mean, he sells hydroponic equipment, but man, he can teach people like nobody I've ever seen. And so we were able to really find success because we had a sound educational foundation. For me, I get solicited quite a bit by, by different schools or different accrediting bodies that, 
that tell me that they're the solution for education and training in cannabis and that I should feature them on my site or I should sell their services to my job seekers. And, and I just go, okay, well, you know, let, let's have a brief conversation like you and I had today. And they can't. They, they, don't have any, they don't have any operational experience. And I say, well, I mean, the curriculum looks great and everything's fantastic, but you, in fact, don't know how to do what you're, what you're selling people, and that's a problem. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that access to resources for betterment, especially now given that the cannabis industry has been given this essential designation, is more important than ever. And, and that's why we're doing this, and we want to continue doing that. So thanks, thanks for calling in to the Cannabis Resume Help Hotline. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out, big, small, whatever. It, it doesn't matter. We're here to help. So I will be in touch later this evening with that uh, with those notes. I'm going to be talking to that investor guy probably tomorrow afternoon. And I'll just, it's still very early for him. So I'll just have a conversation. And if it warrants a follow-up, then I'll give you a follow-up on that as well. Okay, thanks, Dan. Thank you. So that was our interview with Dan. And now we're going to do our after-interview review where we get some candid thoughts about how the interview went and our feelings about it. Here we go. Any grower who doesn't grab Dan right up is missing out. But why? Because he is real deal. He knows what he's doing. He's got all of the all of the information and all of the knowledge that you need to set up a grow and to keep it running and prosperous. So you think that he could run someone's operations? I think he could set it up, establish it, get it going, and keep it going. Yeah, Dan would be a good team member. He'd be a good hire. He'd be a good person to come on to a team and, and set that garden up. And, and people go, well, how do you know that? How, how do you know? Matt, Beth, how do you know that stuff? Well, we've been doing this for more than a decade, and when someone comes in and speaks the language like that, it's pretty easy to tell that they have more than just a base knowledge that usually translates into practical experience that they can execute on. Yep. He walks and talks like a grower. He's a grower. Cool. Well, that is the after interview review. That's just our two cents on Dan and what we think his capabilities are as a grower and where we think he should end up. And that's most likely part of a startup or part of a leadership team really focused on operations. So that wraps up the interview review. In marijuana, this is the for real sign off. As you come to find out, I'll say goodbye about three times, but this is the end for real. So thanks for listening. I hope you subscribed. And like I said, if you want help with your resume, or if you have general questions, call the hotline. It costs nothing. It can make a huge impact on your life. 616-206-3240, and we'll field your questions. Hopefully you guys are doing well during this time, and uh, everybody in your family is healthy and and safe. We're doing good over here, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. And about that next episode, see, I told you I couldn't say goodbye. Uh, about that next episode, I noticed that we were pretty thick into the weeds with some of the technical components that Dan and I were talking about, and it can be intimidating. I've decided that 
I'm going to set aside a time for people that have no idea about working in the cannabis industry or in the marijuana field, that have no experience, that are totally greenhorns. And that dedicated time is called Newbie Tuesdays. Every Tuesday from noon to two, we will field calls from people that don't have any experience in cannabis. You can call into Newbie Tuesdays. Newbie Tuesdays. You like what I did there? It's like Ruby Tuesdays, but for cannabis. And we'll dedicate a time just for you to call in if you're one of those inexperienced people that are really excited and passionate about getting in the industry. Uh, we want to set aside some time just to talk to you and then on the other side, we'll have a podcast where more veteran, more experienced people can call in and we can kind of skip ahead a few grades and talk about some of the more technical components. So we want to make sure that we're, we're covering the full spectrum of everybody in the industry that may want to or has worked in the industry and make sure that our resources are available to everybody. Okay, this is goodbye for real. Bye-bye. Here are some bloopers and outtakes from the filming of our first episode. There were way more than this, but I figured the podcast is long enough, but I always enjoyed at the end of a movie when they do the bloopers and outtakes. So here's a couple from our show. Enjoy. Don't have a resource to go to? You do now with the Weedworks podcast. Make sure you subscribe. The great thing about the podcast is you can listen to it where you are at any point in time. You don't have to tune in at a specific time or on a specific day. You can listen to it on the drive-in and to and the... On the walk, from, <laughs> you can you can listen to it from the the walk, the commute from your bedroom to your couch where you're working now because of coronavirus. Uh, <laughs> it's a it's a short commute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> more podcasts are coming and more research, more resources. I'm Matt Hoffman and I don't know what the fuck I'm gonna say.